Welcome to Ageless by Rescue. This podcast is devoted to exploring the science of rejuvenation, uncovering the most trusted experts, the must-have products, innovations, and technology in the field of vitality, aesthetics, new beauty, and cosmetic enhancement. I'm Baha Etmanen, the founder and editor of Ageless by Rescue. Ageless by Rescue gives you unprecedented access to international and Australian experts and visionaries. Hi, it's Miranda here on Ageless by Rescue podcast. Hi, this is Martha Kay and you are on Ageless by Rescue podcast. I'm Trini Woodall. I mean, I feel I'm being interviewed by the sexiest woman in the world. Darren Palmer is one of Australia's most influential interior designers. You would know him from the Nine Network's juggernaut TV show, The Block, and Renault Rumble. Darren is also a published author with his widely successful interior design books, Easy Luxury and Home Space. He has regularly contributed to and featured in Australia's premier home and lifestyle publications, including GQ, Vogue, Bell, and Australian House and Garden. Most importantly, I should declare, Darren Palmer is one of my best friends, and we have a lot to share with you in this episode about aesthetics, rejuvenation, and vitality from a man's point of view. Darren is famously candid about his obsession with looking and feeling great. And I'm really excited that in this episode, because of our relationship, I've been able to uncover a few more secrets that you may not know about him. During this episode, Darren shares his rituals, the products he can't live without, treatments, day on a plate, and everything he does that leaves him glowing and feeling his most confident self. This episode is one to listen to and maybe share with the men in your lives. I absolutely loved recording this. I'm excited to introduce you to my friend, Darren Palmer, for Ageless by Rescue podcast. Hey, girl, hey. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I am so excited to bring you one of my BFFs in the whole wide world, um, the hottie that you see on Channel 9's The Block an inspirational author, gentleman, and all-round wonderful man, Darren Palmer. Welcome to Ageless by Rescue. Hi, Baha. Hi. It's strange to call you Baha, doesn't it? Hi, Bea. Hey, girl, hey. Hey, girl, hey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to have to put aside the fact that I know you very, very, very well and try to, you know, ask questions that other people may not know really, really well about you. But I'm excited yeah. that we get to have this conversation because I feel like these are some aspects of Darren Palmer that, you know, your audience and the um, people who follow you may not know about. I think you know a lot more than I probably want people to know about. Um, but it's <laughs> that's going to be the challenge, isn't it? It's like, you know that thing? Oh, no, maybe we shouldn't talk about that. <laughs> You know what? The reason I wanted to have you on the show, apart from the fact that you're hot and you're one of my best friends and that you've got a great story to tell, is that I think it's so interesting that we're now having these conversations about ageless and they're not about product or procedures, but it's about attitude and lifestyle. And for men in particular, it's nice to have these open conversations uh, from people who are iconic or in the media 
And I'd like to unpack some of that so that we can have some of these more real conversations with real blokes. And the first thing that I would love to ask you, because I know your family, I know your dad, I know your mom, I know your sister and nephew, your husband and son, I would like you to address the culture of masculinity you grew up in and when you kind of found your own voice. Yeah, wow. I grew up in central Queensland in Gladstone, which is like Newcastle, but smaller. So industry, you know, lots of trades, um, just every, every possible industry that you can imagine. That's where I grew up. So interior design wasn't really like one of those revenues that you sort of, so interior design wasn't like one of those avenues that you kind of go down career-wise, you know what I mean? So I actually, it wasn't necessarily at that time in the 90s, my ideal environment um, because I'm gay, because I didn't want to be a tradesperson, because you know, I didn't kind of feel like I fit in there, I moved. Um, and I kind of moved as I grew personally, I grew, um, I moved to bigger spaces, bigger places. So, you know, I moved from Gladstone to Rockhampton, Rockhampton to Brisbane, Brisbane to Sydney. I didn't even leave the country until I was 26. So, you know, I, I had a very small view of myself and my capacity and also of, of you know, the possibilities of life. So masculinity didn't really, didn't really come into it in, in, in any sense other than I needed to be like everyone else to conform, to fit in so that I felt like I was okay. And, you know, it's, it's interesting now that that idea isn't as prevalent and it's not as prevalent um, for young people full stop. It's, it's not even as prevalent um, outside of big cities. You know, I mean, we, we live in a bubble in big cities, but I think that idea of, of archetypal, you know, heteronormative masculinity, um, just it's not the be all and end all. Actually, it's kind of on the nose these days. So, you know, it's, I, I, I am me, this is me, um, you know, I, I speak tradesman as well as I speak gay, um, but both of those sides uh, of my personality are there all the time. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how, to, how else to put it, B. Well, you know what's um, interesting is that there's this, you know, we, we fetishise youth in, in culture, and so I'm really interested to hear that you're talking about coming into your own in reverse because, you know, if if being if when we were young was the pinnacle of who we were, then your worst days were your youth and the the days where you didn't really know who you were and ha coming into your own. So, I love this idea that it was as you grew, you took up more space in the world and you moved to bigger places as you grew in age, in experience, in a sense of self, um, you gravitated towards, you know, the career that you ultimately uh, wanted to, to have, the marriage that you wanted to have, the life and the person you wanted to be. 
And yes, you know, you can talk trade, you can talk disco. Um, I've painted your nails on more than one occaggion. So my <laughs> yeah. um, daughter's done my makeup. Yes. So uh, I love that because I want to know when, at what age um, did you feel or begin to feel the most comfortable in your own skin? Oh, got to be mid thirties for real. I, it, it was really probably just before I started dating Olivier that I actually was happy to be by myself for the first time ever. And then all of a sudden I'm happy and I'm like, oh, good. I'm cool in my own space. I've got my little bachelor pad I'm going to renovate. And then I start dating Olivier. And then literally before I finished renovating my bachelor pad, we were married and that was that. So, you know, it, it, I know it's, it's a bit of a cliche that, you know, you can't love anybody until you love yourself. That is absolutely what happened with me. I started to feel good about myself and feeling good generally on my own. And then, you know, that amazing person just fell through the sky into my lap. You talked about feeling good about yourself, but we've had this conversation before. You've always been handsome and you've always been admired and validated through how you look. And that is, you know, a big part of, I guess, someone's identity, how they grow up and how they're seen in the world uh, in respect to their beauty or their um, sex appeal. Um, tell me about the t when you first knew you were a good-looking guy and, and then when did there, and did you ever have any anxiety of, is this all I'm wanted for and I have to protect this at all costs? So I, as a teenager, felt like I was the ugliest person in the world. Wow. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I had acne. My hair just wouldn't do what I wanted it to do. Um, you know, I was not muscular. I was very skinny. Um, it just didn't feel good, you know. And I remember in college, I grew my hair, like, down to here. And there, I mean, there are no photos of that because that's not something I want the world to see. But I did have long hair that's very, very curly. Um, and I remember that, um, you know, I just started going out in sort of gay clubs and stuff and I cut my hair and I cut it into like a really short George Clooney, um, Julius Caesar kind of cut. Yeah. And I went up to one of my best mates like, hey, and he's like, hey, I'm like, it's me and he went oh and that that's kind of when I went okay right so it's not that necessarily I was as unattractive as I thought it's just that I was barking up the wrong tree because I can't read women's signals because I'm gay wow. <laughs> I'm, you know like I just never got it um I could never pick up but, you know, I, obviously I'm more attuned to, to that with men. So I'm like, okay, cool. Now I'm starting to get this sort of loop of feedback. And then there's this sort of danger in that because as a young man, then being, you know, open and gay and free and, you know, being amongst other um, people in the same boat, it does, it did light me up. You know, it did make me feel 
much better about myself that I was physically attractive. And then with that comes this sort of desire, need to be validated through that. And yeah, I totally did for a very long time just think um, people are just interested in me because, you know, I'm shirtless and I've got pecs. You know what I mean? And that did, that was my reality. Like I thought that was my currency. Um, and then when, again, I mean, I mentioned Olivia again, but really when I saw myself through his eyes, then I started seeing myself with more value and more loving eyes so that I could actually see the things that everybody else could see. I saw this great thing. Um, all of my all of my wisdom comes from Instagram. Um, I saw this great thing on Instagram that said, you know, the the something like um, what you've been telling yourself your whole life is a lie, um, and what everybody else sees is the truth. And I was like, okay, that's that that rings true. We do wear masks, and we've talked about you know. Um the finding a safe place to remove the mask and to to be vulnerable. Um, I was with you when you turned 40. And I think, um, you know, in the 12 years or so that we've been close, I've seen you definitely evolve. And I've seen um, your relationship with your body and your looks and your health and your well-being definitely evolve. Um, and the more it has, uh, the more I've observed that you are stronger, fitter, more creative, more successful, actually, the more you've separated from having to be the prettiest boy in the room to yeah. being other aspects of yourself. And so watching that, I, I think that that's, it's quite an interesting thing to talk about because a lot of men, as they reach middle age, they actually feel like they're declining in everything, whereas perhaps by exploring other facets of their wisdom and their what is available to them, they can actually grow and be a hotter version of themselves, really, for lack of a better word. And hotness is everything. It's not just how you look. It's, I mean, you know, as, as you, your viewers now know, you know me very, very well. So, you know, it hasn't been an easy ride. Most people don't know physically the stuff that I've had to, to deal with. Um, you know, I've been, I had chronic pain for three and a half years, you know, I've, I've just had back surgery. Um, that stuff, you know, kind of can, can weigh you down. Um, and I think mentally and physically, if there's stuff that's, that, you know, you're, you're ticking along the back of your head, you're, you, you can see, you can see it. Like it, it, it shows on your physique, it shows on your face. Um, and then, you know, it's, it was really when I started training to be fit and strong and get my strength so that I could go into the surgery. I've just had, like, I've been training like that for a couple of years now, which is kind of, you know, I've been talking about it as rehabilitation training or prehabilitation training. And with that, I feel strong and I feel good and I fit my clothes well. And, you know, it's, it's not about vanity anymore i used to train in my 20s and 30s purely just you know just for the pump um but now it's so that i can be strong so i can have a strong spine 
so that I can, you know, feel fit and, and able and, you know, just do just, just simple things like pat my dogs and go for a walk and not be in pain, you know. And um, I, I guess that's the thing. It's, as you get older as a man, you have to just change your priorities, I think. It's not the same. You don't have the same body as a 20-year-old or a 30-year-old. You know, I'm 40, God, 44 this year. Um, and, you know, so that's been my approach to my fitness, to my health. I, I eat super well. Um, you know, we eat what five do you times eat? a day. Talk, to, um, talk me through your eating uh, regime because that's changed too, right? Yeah, it did. It did. It, it actually changed. It's funny. Olivier and I went to the Logies a couple of years ago and um, he couldn't do up his jacket. And he has always been fit and healthy and he couldn't do up his jacket. So he was um, really unhappy. So he's like, right, I'm going to do F45 challenge. I'm going to do that for eight weeks. Obviously, I had my back issues, so I couldn't do the challenge. But I started eating like he did. And, you know, their ethos is five meals a day, you know, you portion control, you snack, you plan your snacks, you know, you understand, you know, protein versus carbs versus uh, fats or, you know, the, the macros of those across the board. And, you know, that stuff sounded really complicated when I didn't understand it, but it's actually really simple. Um, and if you don't know about it, you know, just do a little bit of research. It's simple. But when I started eating the way that Olivia was eating for that, um, my body completely changed. Like I just got lean and fit and strong and it was getting everything it needed. So that was a big deal. Um, what the, the way we eat now and, you know, I'm married to a Frenchman, right? So we have um, like gluten-free bread and butter for breakfast every day. Um, and I know there's not a lot of protein in that. That's what we eat. And, um, you know, like a coffee, that's that's that. And then I'll have a protein shake. Um, and then we have, you know, a macros home delivery meal for lunch. I'll have another protein shake or protein-rich um, uh, snack. And then for dinner, we'll just have, you know, lean meat and, and some sort of fibrous vegetables and, and that's kind of it so it's not we don't eat like you know with lots of cream and fat and deep fried and flavor and all that sort of that's not us um we do eat really quite functional food but it's always flavorsome it's always healthy i really love healthy food i love you know the crunch of green vegetables and like i just love the flavor Darren Palmer, this is the best salad I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so my daughter um, thinks uh, you're the best cook. That you yeah. everything that you touch is gold. And but but you are a really good cook. Both of you are really good cooks. Did you learn to be a good cook for health and flavor, or did you always like cooking? Mom's a great cook, so I learned um, how to cook from mum just by watching and I learned how to renovate from dad just by watching. Wow. So I was this little sponge that was sort of like, oh, is that how you do that? Okay. Oh, cool. Is that how you do that? So, yeah, there's definitely bits and pieces from both of them that um, I use in everyday life. Um, yeah, a bit of pomegranate goes a long way uh, in a salad apparently. Uh, it really can make does. something quite spectacular. Tell me, um, what do you do in terms of supplements? Um, I've been to your house and I've downed a few supplements at, at the kitchen table, but um, you guys got really serious about um, cutting out 
a lot of sugar. You both have mega yep. sweet tooth. You in particular are like a sugar monster. What did you do and what are some of the swap outs that you've done? Because honestly, you look spectacular for a 44-year-old Aussie bloke. So well, share the secrets, spill the beans. Thank you. I, I appreciate that compliment until the point you said for a 44-year-old, but that's that's fine. That's a-okay. Um, I, okay. You're so, right. Uh, it is kind of a shitty compliment. I apologize. <laughs> you're hot. You're hot. You're great. But for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. For an old bad um, <laughs> <laughs> um Okay. So I, I daily, I have um, bio-ACE, um, which is a really great immune booster. And it's a really great um, um, sort of, what's it called? Uh, free radical. Inflammatory. Yeah. 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 Free radical buster. Yeah, those, them. Um, I also take magnesium every day and I also take zinc every day because um, my body doesn't absorb those super well, so I have to supplement them. But um, apart from that, you know, I, I used to be on anti-inflammatories and stuff like that for my back, but I don't need that anymore, which is awesome. Uh, so, yeah, that's really that and some collagen gummies. Love those. Um, we sort of chew on those as a little bit of a treat. And in terms of treats, yeah, I mean, I'm like Mr. Messina. I love gelato. I love ice cream. But it, no, I have to sort of, uh, we still have treats, obviously, but um, we are very sensible about how we treat. And one of the substitutes that I really, really like is 90% lint dark chocolate. And the best thing about it is you can have two or three pieces. You can't have any more than that because you don't want to. So, you know, I really like that sort of bitterness in chocolate now. And whenever I have really sugary chocolate, it tastes like acid to me. So when you start to change the way you eat, your palate changes. And then the more you eat that way, the more you want to eat that way. And the more sort of positive feedback you get neurologically. And, you know, it's, it's not just about, that feedback of how you start to see yourself and how you start to feel in your clothes, but also you get those sort of dopamine feedbacks where the things that wouldn't have given you a dopamine release start to give you that sort of, um, you know, chemical light up because you're, Oh, this is a treat. Um, whereas, you know, 90% chocolate for some people might be not, not um, particularly delicious, but I, I love it. I think it's a it's a great segue um, that you've just made to you know my favorite topic, which is biohacking, because there's a lot of things that we can introduce into our life that can actually uh, change our neuroplasticity. Because agelessness is about your you know your mental dexterity, your alertness, your memory, um, things that spark joy, things that make you feel sexy, things that make you feel young. What are some of the things that you've learned that if you reintroduce them or have them in your life can give you that, you know, kick, that dopamine hit, the, the flush of joy or youth that, you know, you without, you wouldn't have those feelings or that energy. Um, without sounding like a cat poster, uh, if I get some time alone and I can get my feet in the sand, um, particularly somewhere in nature. So, I mean, Heimer's Beach is perfect for me. Um, that makes me feel reinvigorated. I'm like alive in that environment. So that's an absolute must for me. Um, 
music cannot do without music. I, I live my life to a soundtrack of all sorts of different stuff. Um, we listen to a lot of Hamilton, the musical, in our house right now. Uh, but I also listen to all sorts of pop stuff. And, you know, when I write, I listen to Ludovica, you know, Naudi, like only, because I can pop that in and literally the words just come straight out. And I love to write, but I, I always write to Ludovica Ionaudi, um, which is, you know, it just, it blocks everything out and just fires up this part of my brain that is just on. Um, and then, you know, with, with creativity, um, I get sort of, um, I get that in work all the time. So for me, that keeps me sort of agile mentally because I'm always, always thinking the hard thing for me is actually to stop my brain from spinning and going over details. You know, when I was planning the renovation that we're going to do on our house, um, and there's always one, there's always something, I'm forever moving things around in my head. Um, you know, <laughs> just, oh, that should be this, I should put a skylight there, that, should, that light, you know, this detail, blah, 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 doesn't stop. And that's actually how I knew that I wanted to be an interior designer because that's always been in there and I never, I never listen to it or let it out and then one day I realized that if I don't just let that creative outlet out um you know it's it's just going to occupy all of my mind you're on tv so everyone sees you know your good days your bad days um your the evolution of your style and how you look um tell me about the evolution of your um how you dress and um, and what makes you, because one thing I don't think people know about you is that you're actually surprisingly casual, like your happy place <laughs> is shorts, shirt off, hat. And, and I think that people don't know that about you. So tell me about the evolution of your style. It's funny. It's funny when, okay, so to backtrack, I always was the guy that was sort of more successful than I should have been at the age I was. To backtrack, I was always kind of the guy that was more successful than I should have been at the age I was. So when I was um, a graphic designer, I just kind of fell into this job where I'd taken over from the creative director of the retail division of DDB in Brisbane the advertising company and so he was a creative director he gave the job to me literally and then you know I I turned 21 and I didn't want to tell anybody how old I was wow so I yeah that so I, story. yes but that and that was always kind of my story in my head so, so I, you had imposter syndrome yes and I also thought dress older or dress more seriously to be taken more seriously, right? And so you'll see in early blocks, it's all like um, blazers and pants and button-up shirts and stuff like that. And, you know, that was me through my 30s. I've been on TV since 2009. So it's 12 years of my life. And, you know, I started off as like, okay, I've got to be an expert. So I've got to look like an expert. And now I'm like, I'm an expert. I don't have to look like an expert. I can get my guns out because they're there. Why not? Um, but so I love, I love a tuxedo. I love a fancy jacket. I love, you know, a beautiful shoe. We also love our boots and tracksuit pants and shorts 
and being shirtless and just with a cap on with sunglasses and thongs. Like I'm happy in any of those spectrum and that's all me. The only me that was kind of forced was what you used to see on TV where I was really trying to be seen as like, I'm the expert, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a real grown up, you know, and I'm 44, I'm grown up. I mean, I'm middle-aged, so. Um, speaking about middle-aged, you know, um, in the kind of uh, hetero guys always talk about a midlife crisis. Have you, do you feel like um, any danger of that or have you ever felt that kind of niggling thing where you th- you, you, you're cl- anywhere close to either physically or emotionally close to a crash or a, uh, or a massive life change that you're craving? I think it's super interesting that my health stuff, my major challenge, which has been my, my back, chronic pain for three and a half years, happened at middle age. I think that is part of what has to happen for anybody that some, sort of comes to that point in their life then they, they've just got to reassess everything. And in that, I had to reassess my body. You know, I had to reassess um, what's important to me in terms of, you know, how I go about managing this massive thing in my life that nobody knows about. Nobody was, I wasn't talking about it publicly because there's no point. There's no point being miserable and, and whinging about it. It's not sexy, is it? It doesn't sound. No, <laughs> it doesn't. And nobody wants to hear it. You know, people will say, how are you? You say, fine. That's that's what they want to hear. They don't want to hear, oh, oh, I've been in pain for three and a half years. Um, they just want to hear that you're okay. So, you know, I think definitely right now, it's really interesting that there's a lot of change happening. Um, physically, I'm well. I'm pain-free. You know, Olivier's business is going crazily well um you know my business is going well I think th- yes we're definitely both making a middle age change but it's not as a reaction to being dissatisfied with what we had because we were always grateful for what we had it's just that it feels like we've started a new book um, and funnily thankfully both at the same time so yeah it's I'm sure it's it's that's what's happening, but I yeah it's not like I'm going to go out and buy a sports car because <laughs> drive one. Um, <laughs> you are an out ambassador. That's true, and I have been in the car with you behind the wheels, and it's quite uh, exhilarating. <laughs> it is fun. I love cars, and um, you know that's one of my joys. And I think that's that's the thing. I I, I kind of have all the joy. The other thing that people I, don't I know about you is you are a mean Lego maker. That you yeah. and yeah, you and Hugo, like you should be on what's that show called? Lego Masters. Lego Masters, you think so? I look, I um I gave him all of my childhood Lego. And uh in comparison to what he has now, it is like a drop in the ocean. For me, it was everything, and like it just got lost in the wash of crazy stuff that we've got in our house. Um, so yes, we love Lego Masters. But it's very playful. That. And when you go into that zone, I, you know, when I see you kind of in that playing um, computer games or um, like that, you become quite childlike and ageless. And I, I think that, you know, I've always said this 
to anyone who cares to listen. I fell in love with you when I saw you as a father to Hugo, not so much as the husband to Olivier, but the father to Hugo, because I've never met anyone who was so engaged and interested and invested uh, in, in a son that, you know, you came into the relationship and Hugo was already there. So, you know, I one of my favorite versions of Darren Palmer is Daddy Palmer because you're fun, you're playful, you're joyful, um, you play games, you, you Lego, um, you're tough too, but yeah, you're also the Daddy Palmer is cute. It's it's great that um, we all in this house love Marvel and we all love Star Wars. And, you know, we uh, particularly love a bit of um, animated stuff that is made for, you know, young teenagers because I love that stuff. And uh, we can literally sit and watch anything together just all the time because all of my tastes and, and his are the same. So that's awesome. Um, I'm like a giant child and um, I'm very quite happy to be that uh, anytime I can be. Uh, you know, I'm. You know what I'm like with work. Like, I'm when I'm working. I'm working. Uh, it does. You know, I do tend to sort of need to get things right with work. So, as a parent, it's nice just to be like, ah, oh, okay, let's just watch some stuff that we think is great and funny, or you know, sci-fi or something that blows up. I mean, the big joke between me and you is, if you love it, I'll hate it. If I love it, sure. you'll hate it. Sure. absolutely <laughs> we don't have the same content but within our family we do well something we both love is skincare uh anti-aging uh treatments uh beauty um and i'm gonna um call on the great bible that is the daily mail when they said has Darren palmer had work done has <laughs> he ever ha um have you had work done yeah, of course I have. I mean, the, the, the thing about a Daily Mail article like that, and that happened last year, and, you know, I, they said, has he had a renovation on his face? And he certainly did you know, look that, fresh. Yeah, and, I mean, the reason is because I, if science says that it's going to make me look younger, I'll do it. I, I don't have any problems with it. Like, I, I have no shame around the fact that as a, a man... I look after my skin. The truth is, you know, until, uh, God, I mean, until, again, just before I got married, there are days that I would open my piggy bank just to eat, right? Like I went from being a graphic designer and earning fairly good money, but also putting a lot of that money into real estate um, and then having no money. Like I, when I changed careers, my income just took a nosedive. And so there were, there were times that I was absolutely destitute, just like still had a house, still could eat, but had to open my piggy bank for spare change, you know? Um, so I never thought that I would have the capacity financially to invest into things like my face, you know? And the fact that <laughs> the, you know this story, but everybody else doesn't. And I, and I really hope people understand it in the, in the context it's, it was intended because when we were getting married, just before we got married, Olivier, because he works in cosmetics and he's a you know, cosmetics industry expert, expert, um, he said to me, look, baby, I don't, 
know how you're going to take this, but if you wanted before the wedding to get anything done, um, I'd pay for it for you. And I was like, do you think you're going to offend me with that? Because yes, yes, I'm there. Um, I made him hold my hand. Um, so, you know, the first time I got Botox, he had to sort of, um, actually, I'll, I'll pull that up. The first time I got anti-wrinkle uh, injections, he held my hand, yeah. Um, but since then, yeah, I mean, the, the idea of, of ageing well as you're in your middle ages and older, it's just literally, you know this as well as I do, you lose volume, you lose fat, fat changes, it migrates to different spots. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's stuff that you can do that I've done happily. You know, there's a little bit of filler, there's a little bit of Botox, you know, there's just skin treatments. I mean, well, my teeth, my teeth, funnily, I'm wearing Invisalign right now. Um, but my teeth are actually part of a whole other thing that I, I discovered health-wise probably four or five years ago. Um, you know, like my bite was wrong and my jaw was wrong and my breathing was wrong. So, you know, I wasn't getting oxygen properly. So I, I've had all that stuff done as well. So I'm not only about what's on the top layer or, you know, Olivia likes to say that there's the canvas and there's the frame. You know, um, I'm not just about the canvas and the frame. I'm also about functionality and being well and being healthy, being able to breathe properly, you know, getting enough oxygen in my body. Um, but I, I have no shame whatsoever about um, what I have or haven't done. If, if it was an honest conversation with, uh, you know, wanting to have an honest discussion, I wouldn't have an issue with it. But so I want to have an that, honest discussion. What have been your favourite bang for buck anti-aging treatments that you go, why did I not know about this earlier? Oh, God. I mean... Filler and Botox are just like a walk in the park, right? I mean, that's just normal everyday maintenance. Um, you know, filler every 18 months or so, um, Botox every four months or so. I mean, it just keeps everything the way I like to look. Um, I, I did have threads and oh. I first I had them under here just so that I could get a little bit of that sort of aging under jaw that was you know I, I was a bit concerned about so that's interesting um and then yeah recently actually just before sydney lockdown i got some through here um so that all that does is just creates uh, an opportunity once those threads, threads dissolve that your body builds collagen back so I, it sounds like it's a big scary thing but really it's just promoting your body to naturally repair and fill in gaps with natural collagen that's that's it what it does do is so it just helps hold the scaffold up you know and i i mean i i'm happy with the way i look i don't really i don't really care if people are um supposing i did this or supposing i did no that. it's just, just interesting me. because men you know a lot of women don't talk about it you know i've got a podcast called ageless and before i record with anyone as you know i say look 
it it only works if we're candid. It only works because people people look at you know a forty eight year old man or woman and they or fifty seven year old and they go, come on, it's not olive oil. And that's why yes. there was that whole blow up with J Lo. It's like just be like the rest of us. Just it it can't be just olive oil. It just can't be. So I'm always interested to ask, you know, what what are you using? And especially with men, you know, open the door. You know. Do you, what other grooming do you get done? Do you get your lashes tinted? Do you, you know, do you color your hair? What do you do? What do you do? What are the options for a man? I swear to God. Um, I, <laughs> I think one thing, I think generationally, there's people that are sort of just older than us that do definitely have more shame around, you know, oh, I've got to pretend that I didn't do that stuff. And as you know, I mean, it just, it just doesn't read well, and um, you know if you, if you if you look if you look different to you're kind of supposed to look at your age you're at, people wonder why, um, and it's because you do you're doing something that everybody else isn't doing, um, and if you're just saying it's olive oil, and you know then how does that make anybody feel that's just that's aging naturally? Yeah. Then then they're like, oh, but why don't I look like that? Well, because you haven't had filler and you haven't had Botox and you haven't had threads. You know, um, because you don't do laser treatments and, and um, LED light treatments and you don't do all those things that so everybody that you think looks great, that's what they're doing. I mean, that's that's that. Um, but for men, I, this is the cheat sheet, right? So um, whenever, whenever I'm filming for the block, this is my weekly what I have to do to turn from Ugg boots and tracksuits, Darren, to ready for TV, Darren. And I actually said I did it to talk to you today too. Did so it. spray tan, spray tan, tan in a can, best thing ever. Just even evens out the skin tone. Love it. You always, I always feel like I'm just more even skin toned, but also just a bit more vibrant with just some color in my skin because I don't like to be in the sun. Keeping out of the sun to the other one um spf or definitely just trying to limit your sun exposure will always save your skin and save your face um i don't dye my hair um, on my head but i do dye my beard because i've got two big white patches here and beard dye is transformative for men like you don't want to be uh you know that sort of jet black raven hair with like a black beard or, or <laughs> that that's just kind of weird look but there, there are colors that match like all of this is natural except for here right so if you match the color to to your natural um, hair color great and you know what i feel five years younger when i don't have these two big white patches on my beard um what else god Do i mean i've got look um, I'm, I'm wearing makeup now. I wear makeup for TV um, and definitely uh, for events. If I'm in front of people, I'll put some makeup in this corner of my eye. Um, some, some, you know, because I've, I don't have dark eyes, but it always does look make your eyes look a bit more luminous. And um, you know, just a tinted powder. I mean, that's you know, that that that's all a man needs. Just touch up a couple of spots, fix the inner eye, and a little bit of powder, and you're like sweet as not and you don't look like you're wearing makeup but you're you know looking as fresh as you can tv makeup on the other hand is full on like there's lots of makeup for that but um that's what you have to do for tv um i have glaucoma as well 
And one of the side effects of the drop that I put in is that your eyelashes grow. So um, these little beauties are a, a, a lovely side effect of <laughs> me having something wrong with my eyes. I know, because, um, you know, uh, when you do the eye um, lash serums, it's the same ingredient as the that, yeah. glycoma. Yeah. Um, Glaucoma, drops. yeah. Yeah. Um, and what else? What other, are there, is there like a color or a, you know, beauty ritual, do you do cold chows? Do you do sauna? Do you um, have like a ritual for breathing or meditation that kind of gets your energy going and can take you from blah to... I wish I meditated like I used to. Um, I studied Vipassana meditation and that is really fantastic for pain. Um, actually, you can not feel pain. It's quite amazing. But um, I fell out of out of step for that about 10 years ago but it's it's a really great meditation but it also takes an hour and you have to do it twice a day so it's two hours of every day i just nah um so for me now meditation really is going to the gym and you know being able to train and again train for function and train for strength and train for mobility that that's what gets me through the day every single day for sure. Um, during lockdown last year, you know, I was training with the resistance bands and I was doing it on our balcony. Right now it's balcony training and it's also a little bit of sort of rehab stuff that I can do. Um, but that is definitely the thing, the answer for me. When you're on the road and you're filming, you know, I know that when you're filming the block, you're away pretty much every weekend. Um, yeah. What do you do uh, in terms of, diet and what exercises can you do and you can share with our listeners that they can do um that will kind of give you a bit of maintenance until you can go back to your normal gym or diet or whatever routine that you can do on the fly you can definitely take resistance bands with you but often i didn't or i wouldn't um or i wouldn't remember to so just doing simple things like and again because i've got the back issue i have to learn a whole bunch of different um, ways of moving um, but you can do you know um, non-weight bearing lunges you can do um, hip thrusts sitting on the floor you can do planks you can do side planks you can do side plank elevation with a leg um, anything that sort of strengthen your core push-ups um, all those simple things they just they'll give you the maintenance you need if you're away for a day or two and that's all the workout that you need I mean if you can jump around and stuff them burpees and, and you know skipping rope and all that stuff is great i'm not able to jump um but i will be soon um but that's you know anything that you can do where you're just sort of moving your body um you know and, and sit down stand up sit down stand up like a that sort of squat a lunge um anything planking anything coarse stabilizing anything that works out like in a, in a pilates type manner you can do that in a hotel room when I'm away, I make as good a decisions as I can in terms of diet. Sometimes, so, you know, it's a, if it's a Saturday night and I'm in a hotel room, it kind of is the naughty night. And so I'll order, you know, something delicious um, with a, a dessert. Um, but otherwise, I'm, I'm, not I'm not rigid with the way I eat. We have lots of flexibility in it. But I know what's, what's good and I know what makes me feel good. And I know when I feel best in my clothes and I kind of like to stay within those parameters. 
What about drinking? I know you've changed the way you've made me change the way I drink as well. But um, tell us what you did and, and how that impacted your energy and vitality and how you felt and looked. Lockdown last year changed the way I drink, actually, because I mean, prior to that, you know, I would have one standard drink every week. Um, I, you know, I don't don't drink much. Um, but during lockdown last year, I think everybody kind of, you know, changed their habits that way. But what we didn't do is drink wine. Um, we drank vodka and soda or vodka and soda with uh, fresh lime or we'd have gin and diet tonic or gin and diet tonic with soda. And they're both super low calorie drinks. So if you have two drinks at night, um, you're not getting that kind of wine bloat that you, you, you just, you get, you, you start to put on weight around your midsection, you start to put weight around your face, you feel sort of sluggish. And thankfully, fortunately for me, any type of wine messes with my sleep and gives me crazy dreams. So it's kind of off the menu for me anyway. So yeah, I, I have limited options. Um, I, it's probably not the most exciting thing, but it's a very calorie-free and nice, actually quite clean way to drink. Do you have any ageless um, icons or um, people that you look to that you go, I would like to age like him or her? Are there anyone that you go, yeah, that, that's cool? Okay, no, not age-like um, because I think, I mean, you know. Not Dolly Parton? Well, so that's the thing. <laughs> That's why I'm laughing because the, the two people I admire in I terms know. of their authenticity are Dolly and Sher, right? Because Sher, to paraphrase, to, to paraphrase, said something like, I should be able to put my boobs on my back and nobody ha should have any say in it, right? Um, so her approach has always been, I do it, I've done it, don't care what you think. Um, Dolly... I just, one, I just love her. I grew up with her. I grew up with her music. I love, she, she's smart. She's a really smart lady. And she's written so many great songs because she's really great with words. And there was a, a, a quote that I saw written down of hers that I love so much, I've memorised it. Do you want to hear it? Yes. <laughs> so something like this, it's, I've had trims and tucks, nips and sucks, boobs and waist and butt and such, eyes and chin and back again, pills and peels and other frills, and I will never graduate from collagen. If I see something sagging, bagging or dragging, I get it sucked, tucked or plucked. It takes a whole lot of money to look as cheap as I look. And I'm like... Amen, sister. She is, oh, my God, she really is a soul sister. I, I feel like I could go tick, 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 tick to everything. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I don't, I, I don't want to um, age like Dolly. I mean, you know, I think she's fabulous. Um, I want to age like me. And tr truthfully, uh, I, all I want is just to look basically the way I look now for as long as I can look, because I'm, I like the way I look. I like what I see in the mirror. And, you know, it, it yeah, it takes some maintenance. Yes, it takes some effort, um, but I'm happy. 
you look happy, you make uh, other people happy. And I, I love to see that you're happy. When you had your back surgery, we had a Zoom a couple of days later and I looked at you and I said, you look different, you look younger. And I think that um, there are two times in your life where I've said that. One was after a particular part, time of you know personal trauma that that stopped. And then also after you had your surgery and the pain stopped. And I think yeah. that... Um, when you see people transform, the two most aging things are trauma and stress. And the two most anti-aging things are, you know, being able to, uh, you know, replenish your soul. And um, thank you so much for sharing all of your uh, deep and personal insight. It's nice that other people got to see a bit of the dazzle I know. <laughs> it's it's. Interesting, isn't it, having a public conversation um, when we know each other so well? It's like, so which bits do we talk about? Which should we <laughs> maybe keep to ourselves? Um, I think, you know, the nice thing is that we we have seen each other through lots of ups and downs. You've seen me look good and look not so good um, and be free and then be in pain and then be free again and there's you know i think right now in the place i'm at um i, I don't i don't know that i could feel better than i do so you've uh, found a great time to speak to me about feeling ageless because it's definitely how i feel right now well thank you i'm going to wish you a wonderful day i'm so happy that we got to connect even in in lockdown, I'm going to go. Um, I actually, the Bondi Sands people very kindly sent me uh, some of the mousse that you recommended I try. So I'm going to give it That's a break today. Yeah, 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 I know. Um, so yeah, I'm going to get Lily to uh, apply it to me and um, have a glow up because there's nothing else to do. Excellent. <laughs> well, I did it for you. So um, I I'll send you a photo. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks, B. Bye. Bye. Ageless by Rescue is brought to you by Rescue Me Academy, Reignite Your Relationship course. Love your relationship but miss the early days? You're not alone. This course will teach you how to identify your issues, stop the fighting, find what you need to be happy, re-spark intimacy and keep the lines of communication open. Join us at rescuemeacademy.com.au to learn more about the program and to download your first free lesson. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please share and rate this episode. I'd love that. I'm Bahar Etmanen, your host and founder of Ageless by Rescue. For more exclusive content, show transcript, behind the scenes video, real people reviews and extended interviews with experts, I invite you to please follow us at Ageless by Rescue on Instagram, Facebook and Rescue TV on YouTube. You can also sign up to receive our e-magazine and newsletters, all for free.